We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's let's we got a super chat here from just your ordinary. There it shows. Sean thought of you at the grocery store last week. Couldn't resist grabbing a box of crunch berries, but it's cool. I also threw in a box of special cake. Oh, that's I funny. gotta I, I gotta that's know this funny. one, Sean. What's that's what's funny. this about? Yo, I was telling everyone that I love crunch berries and I love fruit loops, right? And for a short time when my father was sick. We stayed with my parents to make sure we helped and taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And my parents are strictly Special K Cheerios. Like, this is the healthiest pantry you'll see when it comes to cereals. And this Special K strawberry with real strawberries, I fell in love with it during this time. And it's like, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. And people are like, Special K. And I'm like, go try it. I was like, I'm, hey, I'm telling you, I consider myself a savant of cereals. And I'm trying to tell you, this special K is, is something to check out. And I'm glad, hey, Joe, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Crunch Berries is my favorite cereal when I when I, yeah, I haven't, eat, I haven't eaten a lot of cereal lately. Sometimes, you know what my yeah. second favorite cereal is, though, Sean, honestly? What's that? And it's, I can't have it by itself, but Rice Krispie with uh, cut up bananas and honey. It's that sounds good. good. That sounds it's good. Very good. But see, with the crunch berries, you have to give the roof of your mouth a break sometimes. Yes, you do. You cannot oh. consistently have it. No. Eventually, you'll be biting it. It goes up in your brain because you've just <laughs> rubbed the top of your mouth. You know what else? is the, the, the milk of crunch berries is also incredibly underrated. Drinking yeah. the milk afterwards is very I agree underrated. With that. I agree. With it's that. very underrated. I feel, I feel the same way about Fruit Loops. I agree. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't like Fruit Loops all that much, but the milk of Fruit Loops. Is to me better than the actual Fruit Loops. So yeah, Angela yeah. likes Fruit Loops. I should start doing something with her where she eats the Fruit Loops and I'll drink the milk. Yes. There you go. Yes. No you know one breaks down. No one breaks down or eats the cereal like Sean Davis. I'm Nobody does. No, you said savant, man. So I'm not going to try to absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and try to disagree with special, you. I have no a way. special way of doing it. Yeah, I have a special way of doing it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, do, you, do you remember um, growing up OJ's? They, that orange cereal was my yes. mom bought that one time. That was the nastiest stuff. <laughs> yeah, vaguely. Now, are you a are you a small bowl or big bowl guy? Um, well, at this stage of my life, more medium. Okay. I mean, I used to get mixing bowls out when I was in college. <laughs> you remember the scene from Friday? <laughs> that was me when I was in college and in my twenties. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, when you grow up, when you grow up with three boys, because you know, man, cereal box, let's say a large cereal box might be seven, eight servings. Because mm-hmm. we had three boys and we had nice size bowls. So that's, you know, we're hitting, we're hitting mom up and like Wednesday, like, yeah, we need some more cereal. Yeah. Because it didn't last. So absolutely, man. Yeah, with three boys, I bet you guys went through cereal real fast. But no, I was definitely getting, I mean, I guess I never got a bowl quite that big, right? But I mean, like my mom had this brown bowl that was like this and like this, and that's what I would have cereal in. So yeah, when when, when I was in high school and when I'd visit during the summer, or I'd come home for summer when I was at college, yeah, yeah, my mom had to make sure that uh, she was stocked up on cereals. There's no doubt. And she would do that even when I was an adult, and I'd come, I'm hey, I'm coming home to visit next week. She yeah. would always make sure she had Crunch Berries, you know, and uh, Raisin Bran. 
because I used to I used to love raisin bran, but I had to put sugar on raisin bran, and I, I'm trying not to eat as much sugar anymore. Or real, I, I can't tell you last time I've actually added sugar to something, yeah, uh, like that. So I can't really eat raisin because I can't just eat raisin bran by itself. I just don't like it enough by itself. Gotcha. But you get raisin bran where you put enough sugar in there to kind of get it sweet, get the milk sweet. I really like uh-huh. that. Yeah, but um, I, I don't really do that anymore. That's why I like Rice Krispies because, like, when I was a kid, I'd put sugar on Rice Krispies because they just don't have a ton of flavor by themselves. Yeah. Uh, but when I discovered, I can't even remember how I figured it out, but I started putting honey on it, and it's really good. And then I started slicing bananas and putting it in there, and it's like, okay, that's the way to go. That's the way to go with Rice Krispies now. Although, hey, yeah. Sean, I made my first Rice Krispies treats the other day. How did they turn out? Uh, pretty good. Angela, uh-huh. so that Angela loves Rice Krispie treats, and so I went okay. home. For Memorial Day this past weekend to see my family, my mom makes really good Rice Krispie treats. And so I was supposed to bring some home and I forgot. Uh, oh, and my mom said they weren't good anyway. I guess something happened the pan or whatever that she didn't think they were good. My mom's a little bit perfectionist. Things that she doesn't think turn out good. Everybody else loves, you know what I mean? Right. But um, so I forgot. So Ange was like, man, I, was, I felt really bad. So um, and she kept dropping hints about, man, this recipe is really easy. Like. Okay, then go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. it be no but you could tell she wanted somebody else to make it. You know, it's, it's sometimes you love something and it's like yeah. it's better when somebody else makes it for you. I didn't realize how easy they were. I mean, it was, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I was like, man, this isn't good that she now knows how to, to make them. But uh, let me ask you this. Your five favorite cereals. You can only have five cereals the rest of your life. What would they be? Oh, you can rotate them. So I'll start giving you mine as you think about it. Obviously, Crunch Berries, um, mm-hmm. uh, Cocoa Puffs, because I got to mix in the chocolate one every now and then, uh, Fruity Pebbles. I'd mm-hmm. go Rice Krispies because I can put sugar and uh, and um, honey on it. And then number five is Apple Jacks would be mine. I'd be, I'm torn between Apple Jacks and Corn Pops because I really like Corn Pops, too. Mm-hmm. Or pops, I guess is what they're called. Those would be my five. Those are my five. Okay, I'm going to start out with, of course, crunch berries, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I'm going to put, I'm going to put honey nut Cheerios on there. Okay, I like me a good honey nut Cheerio. Heart healthy, they yes. say. <laughs> yes, as much Allegedly. as I've grown, as much as I've learned to love the. And I have learned to love it. The special K, I would not put it in my top five mm-hmm. that I would have to eat for the rest of my life. So I'm going to go Fruit Loops, Crunch Berries, Honey Nut Cheerios, Apple Jacks. I was really never a big fan of. Cinnamon Toast Crunch would have to make the top okay. five. Also, Cinnamon. good milk. Very good. And milk. because I loved it so much as a kid, tricks. I couldn't do tricks. I didn't like I tricks. I love tricks as a kid. Yeah. Couldn't tricks are for kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll throw uh, one of my favorite childhood memories in there. Frosted Flakes would be uh, a runner, a very close runner up for me. I, I do like Frosted Flakes too. Somebody said uh, honeycombs. I haven't had honeycombs in a while, but I like honeycombs. And honeycombs aren't as rough on your ma- top of your mouth no. as like some of the others are either. It's weird. Honey smacks for a while, yeah, were okay. Yeah, 
They were like the second, second, third option for me, but I like Honey Smack. You know, the other, I think the other brand version of what would be a Golden Crisps, I think are better than Honey Smack. Was that what the one you can't get enough Super Golden Crisps? Yeah. It's got the crunch with punch. And it has I've the never, gold I've box. never had those. Yeah. yeah. I've never those had are, those. Those are a better version of what you just said, Honey Smack. Okay. okay. Better version of that, in my okay. opinion. Okay. Yeah. Also, because I I had a thing about I, I don't like buying generic stuff. It's a, uh-huh. it's just I, I'm I'm, I'm fine with it now. But there's yeah. there's a reason for it that has to do with you know stuff. Yeah. But uh, I remember the first time my mom bought the generic uh, version of Honey Smacks Golden Golden Chris. Yeah. I'm not eating this crap. This generic. <laughs> like I hate being poor. And then I'm like, oh. Oh, these are legit. Right, <laughs> they're really good. Right. The best, the best version of that particular shirt is the is the generic version. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I was like, okay, I take it back. All the mean things I said about us getting generic cereal, mom. Sorry, these are legit. Keep buying them, and they come in such bigger bags. That's what also is great about it because there's more. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah, funny. I don't I don't see anybody in the chat. We haven't mentioned it. I don't see anybody talking about Lucky Charms. Uh, I like Lucky Charms, but they're not. Like, they, I like them, but I've they're not. I don't love them. Mm. I think it's a sincerely everybody likes, but nobody loves. Well, my wife loves them. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's a female thing. I don't know. But yeah, that's it's interesting. Nobody said that one yet. Nobody missed that. Nobody said that one. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, somebody said Life Cinnamon Life. I liked. I remember Cinnamon, cinnamon Life. I, yes. I liked Cinnamon Life. I liked that one for sure. <laughs> Yep. Somebody, somebody's Jay Wick, and I think this is kind of Lucky Charms. It's like two comments that I think kind of ex- describe Lucky Charms. He says, Lucky Charms for the marshmallows, the cereal part sucks, and I would agree with that. Because <laughs> like, And then uh, David, Father David Penny said, after one bowl of Lucky Charms, your gut is killing you. That's probably one of the things that I would I would say is part yeah. of it for me. Yeah. I, just, I always feel weird after you Lucky Charms. I'm like, what's in these things? But it is funny because, like, with with um, well, here I'll ask you, Mister Cereal Savant, do you just eat <laughs> your cereal all together, like uh, crunch berries and stuff like that? Because I'll eat out the the barrels first, mm. and then eat out the berries last. Now, okay, this is how I'm not weird. I'm just telling you, I do things differently. Mm-hmm. There are certain cereals <laughs> when you got to lead with I'm not weird. This not is weird. Be good. I'm not weird. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Not weird. Do you remember the old school thermos? They used to be part of the old school uh, lunch yeah. pails. Oh, yeah. My dad had one of those. Yeah. Right. One of my favorite things to do was to put a little milk in there and then put the rest cereal and just mash it up. And I would actually kind of drink it as a cereal. That was like, that was, I was the first one to really do a cereal smoothie back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you're not weird. Okay. That's weird. But okay. that's weird. <laughs> but I you're also, not weird. <laughs> see, I will eat a bowl of cereal, no milk. And I see certain cereals. Yeah, I would sit there. I yeah. sat there with like a bowl of uh, honey nut Cheerios. Yeah, when we didn't just, have milk. Yeah, uh, we had milk, but I just prefer like if it had, if I was doing it with a snack and just you know, wanted to eat it. You know what? If I'm at a hotel. And I'm gonna grab a bowl, like a box of cereal to just take with me second on the road. Yeah. You know the cereal I would always go to? It was Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops I actually like without milk. Like as a little snack, you're having a couple at a time. I'll uh-huh. eat Fruit Loops that way. 
some cereals I don't mind doing that with. Some cereals I just yeah. need milk, right? Like some. No, I, mean, I understand that. Like, I understand that. I could eat. I could eat crunch berries without milk. I could eat. I could eat Fruit Loops without milk. Um, I can now, here's, eat, uh, here's the test. Here's the true test. mini wheats without milk. Here's the true test. Do you eat cereal with the box next to you, or do you actually put it back up before you start eating? Depends on which part of my life you're talking about. <laughs> now I pour it, put milk in, and put the bolt, bolt, bolt box away. Okay, so you've been domesticated then. Well, it, <laughs> It's because the things on the back aren't as fun to read anymore as when I was a kid. And it's also to help prevent me from just eating the third and the fourth bowl. <laughs> so, well, I could care less what was on the yeah. box. It was all about yeah. the second pour that was coming. Well, when I was a kid, like, um, and we'll move on to football topics here in a second, I swear. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, though, but like uh, fr- uh, Captain Crunch and Crunchberries had like really cool, like, like things on the back, you know, it's so, like, I had an aunt, my aunt Dixie, f- wonderful woman. She mm-hmm. um she had three daughters, all older than me, and my uncle Marty had daughters, and my mom, my other sibling, is a daughter, and my uncle Larry had three boys, but they were not around as much. So like the three families that we were around a lot, I was the only boy, and so she was like my she. I mean, when you know, she taught me how to spell my own name. You know, when my mom was working, hanging out with her, she taught me how to spell things and different things like that. And, uh, you know, so she was just awesome, but she, she would, every time I'd go visit her, like she'd have her kids like having like junk cereal and stuff like that. But when Brian was coming to spend the night, she'd get like crap and crunch. And so they always yeah. liked when I came to spend the night, cause she would buy the good cereal. But I just remember like having like the mazes and the different, like, you know, uh, games that you could play. That's why I liked, yeah. uh, Captain Crunch and Crunchberries and have the box with me. Cause you can actually do stuff. Yeah. While you're eating a box. But uh yeah. but yeah, now it's more I I put it away now because um I'm trying to avoid the second and third pour. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. 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 And I always have to put a little bit of fresh milk on it too. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Have you ever shared milk? Now this goes back to the days when you might not have been, you know, as well off. Yeah, as a family. No, I don't remember yeah. doing that. I don't remember. I've actually, I've, I've done that with my brothers. <laughs> you better put some water on. You you come in. No, you come in, and they and they <laughs> actually use the last of the milk for their bowl of cereal, and you tell your mom, and your mom is like, "Yo, you use whatever milk is left over." We. We oh, never I had bet. that. We've done it. We, yeah, we, we had OJ it. one time. They tried to convince okay. us that it's good with having OJ on it because we didn't have any wow. milk. But I just thought of that scene on Friday where he's like, what, what are you doing? I'm throwing this away. Why? We ain't got no milk. You better put some water on that. Water. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because we have all been there. Yeah. Oh, man. No, don't. I mean, I may have. I just don't remember. Yo. Sure. We. Hey, um, man. I remember we did that. We did that. So now <laughs> it made what it made us do. We became very vocal about yo, the milk is almost gone. Like, yeah, we're not going to get to the point yeah. where we have to share milk. Just have yeah. a bowl of cereal. Yep. Oh, good times. Good times. Uh, let's see here. Nathan Milton with a question here. Is there any freshman not on campus yet that you could foresee making a position change? Oh, 
I, there's not one that I will predict is going to make a, a, a position change, but if they ever got into a pinch at slot receiver or running back, I would absolutely say, hey, where's Micah Bell currently on the depth chart? Yeah. And can we have him? Yeah. Absolutely. That would be one that I could see being a guy that I could uh, foresee yeah. a change on. Again, yeah. not predicting it, not saying it's going to happen. No. But he's one that I could see because like, I'm yeah. not moving Christian Gray. Even though I think Christian Gray could help out a receiver, I'm not moving him because he's gonna. He's just you know he's gonna be playing right away. But uh, yeah, that that'd be one. And then he said not on campus, so I can't because I was gonna say Preston's enter, but he's already on campus. Um, yeah, none of the I mean Caleb Smith, I'm not none of the offensive linemen. I'm I'm not moving any of the offense. Although I mean, if I if I really needed a big beefy nose tackle and I was loaded on the offensive line, I would have no problem saying, "Hey, Charles Jagasaw, you want to come eat up space?" I mean, he wasn't a bad offensive defensive lineman. No, not at all. As a senior in high school, so. Uh, but again, don't I don't foresee that one. Yeah. Although that's one that could happen, but no, uh, Micah Bell is the first one that pops in my head quickly. Yeah, but not as a freshman. No, as a freshman, Mm-mm. I mentioned yeah. one that could actually play a different position, but I don't think he would play it as a freshman. That would be something later on, maybe. Yeah, that you would see. Yeah. All right, here's one uh, from Jerry T- J- Terry Gillery. Is Parker a conservative play caller, or is he a letter rip type? Well, we don't know the answer to that yet because he's never been a full time play caller. We talked about this on the show Wednesday that I did, Sean, though. I, I think he's going to be an aggressive play caller. Mm-hmm. Now, is it going to be full letter rip? I don't know about that because when I think letter rip, I think like too extreme, like you know, too aggressive, too many chances, yeah. a lot yeah. of turnovers. I think he's going to be an aggressive play caller. I do. I think I think we're going to see a much more aggressive Notre Dame offense, tempo-wise, on the ball down the field-wise, attacking for width and you know distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, going much more aggressive going after matchups and things like that. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think Parker, one thing I, I'm I'm curious to see if I'm right on this, but I have a feeling Parker is going to be a guy, Sean, that says, I'm going to keep running this until you stop it. I'm going to, or I'm going to keep going to this matchup until you stop it. Cause I, I think he's going to be a little bit less of a, uh, I'm really smart and I'm going, and, and a lot of times really smart guys feel the need. And it's not even about ego with all of them. It just, cause I, I feel like, it's I have to show my full thing and I'm always trying to outsmart you and I'm always trying to show like, look at this concept and how I use this triple motion, this, that, and the other to get a guy open. And some coaches are just like, yeah, if you're going to line up that guy on my guy, we're just going to keep going at it till you stop it or do something different. Mm-hmm. That's not showing me how smart. And it's not me telling the world how smart I am. Cause look how these 87 different plays that I ran in a quarter and a half it's, but it's effective. <laughs> And it's aggressive, and I could see I could see Carter uh, Parker being a little bit like that too, where it's like, hey, I don't always have to show me how smart I am because they're just giving us that, and I'm going to keep taking it until they figure out a way to stop it. I could see that as well, but I think that's aggressive. I do. I, I, think I really aggressive. I was I would say Jared Parker didn't have the money, so he asked Tommy Reese to buy him a lottery ticket, and the ticket that he bought for Jared Parker. Is the one that was the winning ticket. Yeah, it's Willy and, Wonka. The original the form, Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, in the form of Sam Hartman. Like as an as an OC at Notre Dame, first time OC, he has Sam Hartman. That's something that not even Tommy Reese had. Yeah. During this time. And that the fault that blame falls on Tommy Reese. Sure. To a degree, that. yeah. 
But yeah. if, if you're going to walk into a situation, you feel pretty pretty lucky that yeah. you know you're starting with Sam Hartman as the quarterback and you build from there. And you know, as uh, Malik said, you don't have Sam Hartman and then ask him to hand the ball off. Right. <laughs> right. So that you, you, there's two mistakes you make with Sam Hartman: asking yeah. him to carry the team the same way he did at Wake Forest, where all the pressure's on him. Absolutely. And then you bring him in here to run the offense you ran with Ian Book in 2020. Right. You don't do either one of those things. Or the offense you ran last year with Drew Pine. You don't do either one of those things. You let him be aggressive, but then use the stuff around him so he doesn't have to do it all by himself. And that's why Absolutely. I think that's why that's one of the reasons I'm so optimistic about this yeah. team. Yeah. So I, I would really say I would say he is more of a letter rip or more of a, you know what, let's do what works best for us. We're, and we're gonna be aggressive doing yes. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But being aggressive doesn't mean I'm not going to run the ball 12 times in a row if you can't stop it. I mean, that's smart coaching. Like, literally, we just ran the ball right down their throat because they kept, you know, playing us this way and we're just going to keep handing the ball off. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's what an, that's that can happen sometimes when you're an RPO heavy team. Yeah. Is they just keep playing to stop the RPO and we just kept running it six yards, eight yards, 12 yards, seven yards. I mean, we just ran that sucker right down your throat. Mm-hmm. That's good, but that's aggressive. I mean, to yeah. me, it's thing aggressive doesn't mean you're dropping back and throwing at 50 yards every time. No. It means you're looking to attack. You're looking to figure out ways to create big play opportunities all the time. And sometimes that requires setting things up. Sometimes that requires just doing certain things and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to just get this ISO. Uh sometimes it means we're gonna come out early in the first quarter and we're gonna show 12, 13 personnel and run it at them because they tend to overreact to this. But what I'm really trying to do is set up this big play opportunity at the end of the first series or in my second series or something like that. Uh, there's all That's all part of the, the gamesmanship of being a coordinator and a play caller. That's honestly some of the more the more fun. Like, I'm going to do these three things because I know once I do those three things, they're going to overreact and do this, and I'm going to hit them with this. I mean, that's that's some of my favorite memories of a coach are are doing things like that. Like, I think I've shared this before. One of my, fun, my funnest memories and funniest memories of coaching was we were playing Iona College. And uh, we're, you know, they were starting a little bit of a comeback. We're at the third and goal, six yard line. Head coach goes down the list of coaches. He would always get to me last. Hey, what do you think we should do here? Oh, oh our quarterback. So, so we should throw a fade to Michael. And of course, everybody, oh, throw a fade to Michael. Michael's our best receiver. He was a stud. Mm-hmm. And so coach gets to me and he goes, Well, Driscoll, I assume you, you know, think we should run. Th- I said, What do you think we should run? I said, I think we should want to run a draw. It was why? It's because everybody in the stadium clearly thinks we should throw a fade to Michael. <laughs> We ran a draw yeah. and walked into the end zone, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's yeah. part of the gamesmanship of it, right? Is what do they think I'm going to run here? Yeah. What are their tendencies saying? Well, when we get in the red zone, I mean, Michael had 51 catches and 14 touchdowns. We threw him a lot in the red zone. Well, they knew that. And and we were going to, so we were going to come out and use that against them. And that's part of the fun of, mm-hmm. of calling plays and designing offenses is some of that gamesmanship. But sometimes you just got to say, hey, this isn't about how smart I am. They literally cannot stop this. And we're just going to keep going at it and bury this team. And, I, and I'd like to see a little bit of that. Because it wasn't it frustrating at times over the years, Sean, where it's like something would work and then like we just wouldn't see it again? Wouldn't see it again. This isn't just Tommy. This was true under Chip. This was true yeah. under at Denbrock at times as well, where it's like, you know, dude, you guys killed him with that. And then why did you go away from it? It's like – and we've seen on defense too. Like I'll never understand Diaco was killing Florida State in 2011. And then just in the second half just decided to stop being aggressive because he, yeah. I don't know if he like convinced himself they were going to make an adjustment that they never made right. or what, but that, that stuff kills me, man. 
that stuff really kills me. Sometimes you can fool yourself as a coach, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You can talk yourself, and the great coaches will, like you said, man, they force you to stop it. They force yeah. you to adjust, right? Yeah. Because if you adjust, I already have the counter ready. So I'm waiting for you to adjust because I'm setting you up for the counter. Mm-hmm. And that that's something that I think Notre Dame has an advantage especially against Ohio State with it being an early yeah. game. Man, I hope you know, so. That Ohio State really – Notre Dame doesn't have to show much, in my opinion, early on film to beat the teams that they're playing early. So by the time they get to Ohio State, Ohio State walks in not knowing what – Notre Dame could literally go into Navy, Tennessee State, and run the ball down their throat, dominate physically, and win going away. And then come out three, four wide against Ohio State, like, aha, yeah. got you. Because what you want to do against Ohio State is jump out early on them. You want their quarterback to have to feel the pressure. Or, or, or vice back. versa, Sean. Yes. You just come out and you're throwing the ball all over the yard on Navy and just ripping them up. And then you come yeah. out your first series against Ohio State and they've been playing nickel all week. And you just come out 13 personnel and, and run it. Face, yeah, yeah, you know, and then come out the next series and you're back in 11 personnel and you're going tempo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the stuff I want to see. I, yeah. I really do. I really do. Terry Gillery, do you think Angeli starting is really the most realistic scenario next season? I don't believe Freeman is going to settle for Angeli when he has Mitchie and Carr, who are both more talented. Well, I don't think it's the most realistic scenario. And I don't think that we've ever portrayed it as the most realistic, realistic scenario. I think one of two things is going to happen. Kenny Minchie proves himself to be that dude this year, or they go to the portal. I, I just, now Angeli could show himself to be that guy too. I, I just, I don't see that in him. He could prove me wrong. And I hope he does. I really do. He seems like a great kid. I just don't, I've never seen that in him. And I, Look, as much as I like a kid, I can't lie about what my eyes tell me just because I, I like a kid, you know, and I just have never seen that with him. Not on high school film, not on camp film, not in the spring game, not in practices. Like, it's a nice, solid player. Now, if he makes a jump, sure, he could be that guy. I just think right now, do I think it's really the most realistic scenario? No, I don't think so. And I don't know that we've ever really portrayed it that we think that. I, I just, I don't think. That's the most realistic option. Yeah. At this point in time. I yeah. You know, someone asked me recently, like, yo, Angeli has looked good in both spring games. And you know, why why are you so hard on him? Like, what makes you think he can't be that guy? And I'm like, the drills I watched this right. spring. This high school film. I mean, just That's, yeah. It's 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 just simple, you know, and it, we're not trying to, well, it probably comes across as us hating on the kid, you know, but I mean, we can only go on what we can go on. We don't have anything else, you know, to make our evaluation other than what we've been shown. Right. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wyatt Kerwin, are you a believer in game speed? It seems like some players may have just average testing numbers. When you look at the game film, they often run away from defenders and or close quickly. 100%. And the opposite's true as well. Uh, mm-hmm. As well, You'll see guys yeah. with great testing numbers that don't play that fast. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer in game speed. I, I don't necessarily believe, however, that it means you're a 4-4 when you put the pads on, but you're a 4-7 when you don't. I, I think it has more to – I think that can be true. I think some guys, when their bodies have adrenaline, it just – they can go to a gear that maybe some others can't physically. That's that's true. I think a lot of it has to do with I'm a great technician and I know where I'm going the entire time and I'm getting to full speed in a hurry. I'm an efficient yeah. mover, all those type of things. But I think the other part of it too is is the lack of um, – the lack of understanding of the difference between a four, four and a four, six over a period of, of a, a, a length of time. If a, if a four, six guy catches the ball and he's five or six yards ahead of a four, four guy at midfield, he's not getting caught. Just, just not. And, and so uh, angles, the reason angles are important because if it's an angle, it's because I have a shorter distance to, to travel yeah. to get there. Yeah, but I, I think that's part of it. I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really quantify it. I mean, it'd take a lot. I mean, it'd be a could have a long conversation on it, but yeah, Sean, I'm, I'm a believer in game speed. I mean, some guys test well, don't play fast. Some guys test fat, like miles Boykin to me, never showed me that he was a four, four, two on film, a yeah. couple plays here and there, but he didn't play like a four, four, consistently. Two. Yeah, no. Uh, he did not play with that same level of game speed. Uh, other guys do. Other guys play faster than maybe they test. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah, but it, it goes both ways. And it, it, the game of football is such a nuanced sport. Richard Dent, man, 100 sacks. Richard Dent, I think, ran. They said he ran like a 4-8, 4-9. But his first step, for him to be that long, he had this absolutely amazing first step in technique that just allowed him to be a dominant pass rusher. You know, then you can have someone like Von Miller who runs a 4-4 mm-hmm. <laughs> and adds technique to all of that athletic ability, right. and it gives you the same production from two totally different – Athletic setups. So, right. you know, when you talk, Christian Gray is someone that we said he running four four. Man, I watch his junior film and I don't see it. Mm-hmm. 
man. And then all of a sudden you watch a senior film and it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Right. So game speed is there's a lot of things. I think there have been a lot of great linebackers that weren't exactly the fastest. But the way they saw the game and right. processed was But this is why NFL teams now test the 10-yard split. Yeah. Because football, for the most part, is played in distances yeah. much shorter than 40 yards. Mm-hmm. You rarely run 40 yards in a straight line in football. So my whole thing is, if you and I were to race in a straight line, you would beat me because you're faster. But as a receiver, that's why I'm – taking this angle of departure i'm yeah. running this way that's why i'm leveraging you because i don't want you to i'm i'm getting a full start yeah. but because i'm attacking your leverage and i'm pressing your outside shoulder i you as a defender can't get into your runner stance mm-hmm. so then i make my move out of that by the time you recover i'm breaking off the second part of my route and you're constantly in trail mode and i've now beat you even though i'm a four six and you're a four four i'm whooping you all day because i'm a great technician and you're not yeah. i'm whooping you all day right and so uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, but it's receivers, even receivers who run further than anyone in a straight line, I mean, or at least vertically, they rarely just go in a straight line. For, I mean, there's there's working in and out and, you know, and, and can you can you make a move and then accelerate out of that with the same speed? Some guys are fast in a straight line, but when they have to plant and cut, it takes them another three, four steps, which is why you'll see some guys, and you see this all the time, if you ever watch the Olympics, it's not always the guy with the best start that wins. It's often not the best guy if, because yeah. over the course of a hundred meters, eventually the fastest guy is going to, it's going to even out because he's a great finisher or whatever. But you, I've seen, I've seen sprints where Usain Bolt got out of this, out of the blocks, sixth, seventh, you know, through the first maybe twenty meters, and then just is torching everybody by the end. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Now. That's just me. He just got a bad start. He there's also times where he gets out of the blocks. Great. I'm I'm not saying he's. It was just, I'm just making the point. But eventually, over 100 meters, the the longest, the, the faster guy is going to eventually win. Right. In football, that's not the case. If I get a better start than you, and I'm a four four and you're a four five, or I'm a four five and you're a four four, I and I beat, but I beat you off the blocks. You're not catching me. If there's a stumble, and that's what that's what moves and technique are for, Sean. I mean, you talk about a guy like Nolan Smith goes out there and runs a four three. Guy never had more than three and a half sacks in a single season. You know, so and then he'll get drafted ahead of Isaiah Foskey, so <laughs> right. Man, right. who ran a four five something, but had eleven sacks each of the last two. I mean, Isaiah yeah. Foskey had almost as many sacks in his. Actually, let me look this up real quick. What were Nolan Smith's uh, stats? I think he. Let me just look this up before I make the statement. Yeah, I'm actually I was I'm correct. He had almost as many sacks as a senior. And as a junior, pick either one of the years as Nolan Smith had in four years. Nolan Smith in his career, he played, let's see, 20, 31, 38 games, and he had 12 and a half sacks, 20 tackles for loss. Yeah. Isaiah Foskey did that in 12 games this year. But people are gonna people are gonna look at the speed and the traits and the athleticism and, and, and the fact he's at Georgia and say, I'm taking that guy. And you know? the co- the coaches and the scouts, their preferences. Sure. Right. Because he and looks at it, Things like you, that, right? You like you yeah. look at what they have in Philadelphia. They love smaller, faster guys. Hassan Reddick, like that's, yeah. that's more of a Nolan Smith type guy than an Isaiah Foskey, who's six foot four, two hundred fifty right. pound. That's not the guy that they like from a prototype for their yeah. system. You know, in a vacuum, totally agree with you. 
Here's an interesting question, Sean. And I, I, I think this is in reference at the beginning of the conversation referring to Al Washington. This particular okay. one is in reference to Al Washington. And talking about Sean Sabellano? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I think I'll take it to um, the, really the entire defensive line class is how I'm going to okay. answer. But go ahead, and, go ahead and read it. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, we have no choice, but I will say this. I think I, t- I talked about it last year. I am pleased with what I saw. Read the, from, we didn't read the question yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian <laughs> People watching the show now are going to know what it is, but when we put it up on podcast, <laughs> they're going to know what we're talking Brian about. Brian I apologize, IV Nation. Do you trust the Owls to develop this young man? And this is in reference to the Sean Saviano and, yeah. and other recruits. Look, yes, I would say. For the reason that other man, I'm hopeful that I don't have any other choice. Those are the guys that we're rocking with. So, yes, I'm going to say yes. But then I will say that I have seen certain individuals where I've seen improvement, and then I've seen certain individuals where I feel like "Mm, this kid should be a little bit further along. What's going on, right? And sometimes as fans – We put so much on coaches, as we should. Right. And then we have to realize, as I said earlier in the show, look, it's on these kids. Like, these kids determine, have a lot of accountability for who they become as players. And that's just point blank. So as much as we – I think Jason Onye, when you heard him talk this offseason – like, yo, what has motivated you? And he started to talk about where he came from and how he was never so I'm I was I'm not supposed to be in Notre Dame. That's not a kid like me doesn't end up in Notre Dame. He recognized the opportunity and put in the work. And hopefully you start to see the fruit of the labor that's gonna benefit Notre Dame on the field. But that's not about that's just about him as much as it is about the coaches. It's got to be both. Developing him. Absolutely. So, you know, I've seen some people develop under some of the worst coaches. (laughs) Well, I mean, Brian Van Gorder was a terrible coach. He coached the Litnikoff Award winner. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Sean, my answer to the question is this, is I don't know um, at this point in time, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And not just because we have to be. I mean, that's not how I'm, I'm sure I'm not disagreeing with you. So I'm saying like, I'm just looking at it differently. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's more of a, look, we've talked about this. We hinted about it during the season and we've kind of come out and talked about it. Now there was not a lot of leadership amongst the older players on the defensive line last year. Just wasn't. Right. And I think that proved detrimental to, to mm-hmm. Al Washington, whether he is or is not a good coach to really be able to show it, even if he is. And, and so I think that that depending on who you talk to, you're going to get a different opinion on what the players think of them. And I'll just say that the opinion of the older players is a whole lot different than the opinion of the younger players. And a lot of that has to do with the older players. You know, it's like when you leave, well, hey, this coach did it this way. It worked, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, why I'm cautiously optimistic, Sean, is I saw a lot of improvement from a lot of kids this spring. Now, it's not perfect and there's still work to be done, and he's got to do a little bit better job coaching the entire depth chart, in my uh-huh. opinion. That's a big thing for me. 
That's something Mike Elson, for example, was really good at. <clears throat> something Mike Mickens is great at from what we've talked to people. It's something Harry Heastan was great at. Something Al Washington needs to make sure he does. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot more buy-in now. And I'll say this as a coach, I don't care how smart of a coach you are. If you don't get buy-in, you're not going to get a kid to where he needs to be. 100% no, you're not going to no. you're not going to get a kid to where he needs to be. And and I've shared stories of that from my coaching career, but I think there's more buy-in and we saw a number of players making fundamental and technical improvements in the spring. Onye, Rubio, even Howard Cross had a couple of new things that I saw this spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so to me, you know, there's a there's some guys that aren't, but usually, Sean, my my theory, my motto has always been, if most of a unit is doing well, but there's a couple or one or two that aren't, that makes me think that that's more about those kids than it is the coach. When you get yeah. worried about a coach, is when you're seeing consistent problems across the board, and and inconsistency across the board. That's why I was so hard on the linebacking core last year because you'd see the same mental mistakes consistently in all three positions. Yeah. And you say, well, you can, oh, the players aren't athletic. Well, they don't know what they're doing. And that goes back to the speed thing. Part of being able to play fast is being part of a system that allows you to not have to think a whole lot. It's been prepared. You've been coached where when the ball snap, I know exactly what I'm doing depending on what I see. And so I'm just reacting. I'm not thinking. When you think, you're slow. That's just the reality of it. you got to read and react and go. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing why, why some people maybe don't think that the Notre Dame linebackers have a lot of speed. I think they also, some people don't think they have a lot of speed because they're short white linebackers. And there's just an assumption that they're, they're like Joe Schmidt. They can run it, but then, but if you don't know where you can go, I've said this on like, if you're driving down the road in a country road, Sean, you're from Chicago, but I know what's around Chicago. It's the same thing that's around South Bend in the town I grew up in. Nothing. Yeah. A lot of farmland. Right. So I know you've been on the road driving from Champaign to Chicago yeah, where there's not really well lit roads, and you see like off if you turn off of those. If you're da- driving down one of those country roads that don't have a lot of lighting, and you don't know where you've gone, and you've never been there before, unless you want to die, you're probably not driving 75. Right? <laughs> you've got two hands on the wheel. You're not sure where you're going. You're locked in ahead of you to see where you know because there's a lot of. Yeah. But if you know where, if you've if if that's where your best friend lives, and you've driven there a hundred times, you're cruising. Absolutely. You know, because you know exactly where you're going. So that knowledge of where you're going is going to determine the speed at which with you go at it. So coaching has a factor in that. We saw a lot of improvement on the defensive line this spring in the practices. You watch and listen to him coach the players. And then you go and look at what they did in the blue gold game on both sides of the ball. And I'm very pleased with what I saw. Now let's see him continue in the fall. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah. And then you look at what he's done, and this is part of the reason I was happy to when he got hired is because I thought he did good work in his one year at BC, coaching the defensive line. I mean, he had Zach Allen, Harold Landry, I mean, they, they had pretty good years and, and played the game fundamentally sound. Yeah. Cincinnati hired him to coach the D-line in 2017. So, you know, you say this is a guy that Marcus Freeman had seen firsthand what he can coach on the D-line. And so I'm cautiously optimistic because I, I – I know what he was up against last year from a coaching standpoint. I'm not, there's no excuses for the recruiting part, but from a coaching standpoint, we've said for a while, I'm willing to give him a pass for the coaching part. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, I don't, he was, he was thrown into a pretty rough situation that's that if, if we could share things with you guys that, that Sean and I both know, you all be like, eh, I'm not holding that against him. I'm going to give him a pass too. I'm just telling you, you would. And so, 
it was more to me about, okay, I'm going to kind of evaluate him in the spring with fresh eyes. Yeah. Almost if he was like a new coach from a coaching standpoint. And what I saw, I liked. And what I heard, I liked. Because I wasn't at practices last year, so I'd never seen him coach. He's a teacher. He's not a he's not an MFer. He's not a screamer. He's not a uh, when he's yelling at guys, Sean. There's teaching involved in that, and that says something to me. But the ultimate test is okay. But what does it look like on Saturday? Yeah, that's ultimately where it's going to be determined. But I'm cautiously optimistic. So when we're both cautiously optimistic, just maybe for for a little different reasons, you know. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Last two, Sean, and we got it. We got to get out of here. Let's Big Jim. I wonder would Pete Warner end up a third round draft choice at Notre Dame? I think so. I think he still would have ended up as, as a third round draft pick. To me, he he was from a uh, what? He was from a couple years after Drew Tranquil. Mm-hmm. I literally think Drew. I think Pete Warner would have literally followed in Drew Tranquil's footsteps. I think he would have been a rover early in his career and then moved into a will and had a very similar production. I mean, cause he would have been, he would have been Notre Dame starting will in, in definitely night. I mean, 19 and 20, probably yeah. definitely 20. He would at least been in the rotation of 19. He'd have been a starting will. I mean, think about Notre Dame went to the playoff with Shane Simon making like 10 tackles for an entire season, right? What they have done with Pete Werner is your will linebacker you know, on that team. So I think he would have been, and of course he would have tested. Well, I think Pete Warner was a very underrated college player. I agree. I and I think, I think he would have been a great fit in Notre Dame's defense. I do. I think he'd have been really good in Notre Dame's defense. Um, so yeah, I would, um, cause in 2018, he had 58 tackles as a sophomore at, 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 Florida, at Ohio state, seven and a half tackles for lost three sacks. He would have been the Rover on that team, Sean. Because yeah. you'd had Tavon and, and Drew inside, and then when Drew left, I think they would have slid. I don't think Asmar would have ever got that starting job, to be honest with you. I think Pete would have already passed him up, and Asmar would have been a rotation guy in 2019. I really do. And I think Pete Werner was a much better player than Asmar Bilal, and Asmar had 10 tackles for loss playing for Clark, Clark Lee in 2019 at that will position. So what would Pete Werner have done in that? You know what I mean? So yeah. I think he definitely would have been – I mean, maybe even higher, Sean. I mean, because I, I I think it would it – would, Pete also played outside of the 2019 season. Pete played on some poorly coached defensive football teams. Outside of that one year with uh, Jeff Halfley, they were not they were not well coached football teams, especially in 2020. Yeah, so that's pretty I think safe that's to something say. Something held him back as well. That's yeah. safe to say because otherwise he would have been competing with Drew White at that point. Because Drew White uh, was was Drew's backup, right? Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, but Drew would have moved over to Mike, moved over to Mike in 2020. Yeah. So, uh, or 2019. Drew started at Mike in 2019. So in 18, he, no, he would have never actually competed with Drew White because he would have been a rover in 18. And Drew was an inside guy. I remember Drew stepped in for, uh, Drew White stepped when, in for Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil when he got hurt. Yeah. But then in 2019, when Pete would have slid into Drew's spot, uh, Drew Tranquil's spot, Drew White moved over to Mike. And was there starting Mike in 2019? And then he started at Mike in 19, 20, and 21. And so they'd have been they'd have been side by side in 20 and 21. Yeah. Uh, or excuse me, 19 and 20. So yeah, that'd have been uh I could dig that. I could dig that. I could dig that tandem. There's no doubt. So yeah, I think he would have been, I think he would have been still yeah. if not higher. But yeah, I because I think he would have been a much more beloved player at Notre Dame than he was at Ohio State. 
I don't know why Ohio State fans didn't like Pete Werner more. It was weird to me. I'd watch him play. I'm like, man, he played really well. And then I'd go on Twitter and you'd see all these Ohio State fans talking about how much he sucked. And I'm like, were we watching the same game? <laughs> right. Like, did I just watch a rerun or something of a of a game from last week or something? Like, what what the heck are they What's talking the problem? about? Right. Like, I thought the kid played pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, and he's been pretty darn good in the NFL as well, from what I'm told. Uh, I think Ryan, I think Ryan has said that that he's been pretty good in the NFL as well. Yeah. I don't really watch NFL. So yeah, I don't. I, man, that's still one I'm still upset that they missed on. Dang, I'm still mad about that one. Could you? But here's the thing: we talked about who he would have been inside, but think about who the outside linebackers would have been in that 19 and 20 defense, Sean. It'd have been Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa and Pete Werner. And Pete Werner, yeah, because Jeremiah would have been the rover and Pete would have been the will. Like yeah. that is some range and speed at linebacker. Like that would have been fun to watch. That'd have been real fun to watch. Oh boy, that'd have been fun to watch. Last question here, Sean, and then we got it. We got to get out of here. What's more upside in offensive guard, Fisher or Jagasaw? As um, a guard, I would say Jagasaw. Yeah, I'm yeah. biased. I'm biased. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I love CJ. So I just think he's just a more explosive athlete than Blake is. Mm-hmm. I think Blake, you could argue, maybe has a little higher ceiling as a tackle because I think Blake moves a little bit better laterally especially now that Blake's got some of that weight off. When when Blake got to Notre Dame and got in a little bit better shape than he was in high school, he really moves well laterally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, not that Charles doesn't. I think Blake just does maybe a little bit more. And, 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 and Blake's a little bit more comfortable in space. Charles got there as a senior. But he wasn't necessarily comfortable in space as a junior because he didn't. He wasn't asked to do it a lot, in, in, Sean, in, in high school. So I would say uh, overall upside, Charles guard upside, definitely Charles tackle upside. I'd probably lean towards Blake at the same age of development, yeah. in my opinion. So that's where I'm at. So, uh, Mr. Davis, that's gonna it's gonna end it for us, man. Why don't you take us out of here? We got uh, 15 minutes, y'all. Don't forget. IB Nation Sports Talk, rapid fire, 15 minutes. Go ahead and take us out of here, Mr. Davis. Yo, IB Nation, thanks for, for listening to us today on the mailbag. Make sure you go to boardsofirishbreakdown.com for all the great content. Intel piece last night. Intel on the, piece. Uh, recruiting Intel piece last night you're definitely going to check out. Absolutely. Follow us on the YouTube page. Hit that like button. And then you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave five. Not four, not three. Make sure you leave us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to go to the IB store for all of that fantastic merch. You don't want to miss out on that. CFB Nation, follow us. That's where exclusively you can get Ryan Roberts, CFB All-American, and also the Lucky Lucky Podcast. Lock in with CFB Nation right now before we get to the fall. For Brian Driscoll, I'm Sean Davis. And don't forget, coming up next, Sean Styers and the fellas. Lock in. Lucky man, I was about to just mess it up. Just mess it up. Just mess it up. up. (laughs) Lock in with the guys when they come on in about 15 minutes from just on Sean Davis. Enjoy the rest of your weekend right here. The Irish Irish Breakdown Podcast. Podcast. I got my my thing too, right? So I get it, man. Trust me. I get you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Absolutely.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.